Like most of you, I think I've been following the war in Ukraine, the terrible devastation there, the violence that's there. And we've been watching this with great trouble within our hearts and great um, sympathy for those who have suffered so greatly, those who have passed away, those people whose lives have really been turned upside down. And certainly our first response in this terrible situation is to pray, to implore God for peace. And recently, Pope Francis announced that on Friday, him along with bishops throughout the world will be consecrating Russia and Ukraine in a very special way to our Blessed Mother. And in fact, here at the cathedral on Friday, for the Mass of the, uh, of the um, Annunciation, at noon, Archbishop Miller, Archbishop here in Vancouver, will be taking part in this consecration. So in the face of this, of this sorrow, of this devastation, our first and our important response, of course, is to pray. Whenever, however, we witness these tragedies in the world, such as war, maybe natural disasters, in addition to prayer, we also find ourselves asking ourselves certain questions. Certain ideas can kind of rise into our minds. When we see people, for example, in a situation of war who some months ago were living their lives in a certain way, and then all of a sudden, everything's been turned upside down for them. We can ask ourselves, could the same thing happen to us? We could also come face to face with the reality that life as we know it is somehow short. We have important things to do in our life, but maybe we can put them off not knowing that the end could be sooner than we expect. When we come face to face then with tragedy, with these devastations, that we see maybe further away or even closer to home, we naturally ask ourselves these questions. We ask ourselves how we should live well. This really is what Jesus is doing in today's gospel. Jesus is kind of doing a bit of tough love in today's gospel. Jesus is reminding the people of some tragedies that have been happening locally in order that they would choose to live their lives well, recognize that their lives are a gift. In the Gospel today, Jesus reminds them of two tragedies that seem to have happened more or less recently in the local area that, that was weighing heavily on the people's heart. Jesus talks about those Galileans whose blood Pilate mingled with their sacrifices, something that would have been seen not just as a devastation, this murder, but also that would have been seen as a sacrilege for the Jewish people. Jesus also reminds them of the Tower of Siloam that fell and killed 18 people. Just as in our situation, at Jesus' time as well, there were tragedies around the people and these tragedies weighed heavy on their heart and we can see from Jesus' interaction that it caused them to ask certain questions. Did they die because they were greater sinners? Jesus ultimately says, no, this is not the case. Jesus does not get into why these people had to suffer in this particular gospel. But Jesus uses this suffering as a reminder to the people that life ultimately is short, that life is a gift, that we want to live our lives well, and the opportunity to change or the time to change is now. We don't want to put off change in our life. Jesus then transitions in the Gospel from these two stories of devastation to a parable about a fig tree that's not producing fruit and we're told that this fig tree will be cut down if it doesn't produce fruit soon. In referencing these tragedies, in referencing this parable, Jesus is reminding the people of this time that our lives too are short. They are a gift. 
we don't want to put off making necessary changes in our life. We want to begin living our best lives here and now because life as we know it is short and has consequences ultimately for eternity. So perhaps as we're sitting here today, we might be recognizing the Lord inviting us too to consider making certain changes in our lives that we perhaps have been putting off. Maybe changes to kind of give up a bad habit. Maybe we've been called to reconcile with someone, to seek forgiveness or to forgive someone who's close to us. Maybe we felt this desire or pull on our heart to become more involved in our local community or in our church community, some new way of serving others, but perhaps have been putting off these opportunities. Jesus in the gospel today presents a bit of what we could call tough love. He reminds us that life is short, so we want to change now. Sometimes this tough love, these kind of difficult messages from Jesus are important because change is hard. As we all know, making changes in our life, especially getting rid of bad habits, doing something that is challenging, requires a lot of energy. It's difficult, and therefore we tend to procrastinate, we tend to put it off. Exercising our willpower, in other words, is hard, it's tiring. I remember reading some years ago about an experiment from a psychologist. His name was Roy Baumeister. I think he did this experiment in like the late 90s, but he did an experiment trying to figure out the cost of willpower, and willpower of course is central for making changes. So this experiment always, I, I'm reminded of it because it has to do with food, and it's kind of an interesting experiment. So what this psychologist did is he divided a group into two groups, two sections of people, and one section of people were kind of presented with a bunch of freshly baked cookies. And he told this group that they were unable to eat any of these cookies, but rather they could have as many radishes that were there in a bowl beside them as they wanted. So one group, this kind of unfortunate group, was able to look and smell the delicious cookies, but couldn't eat them, but instead could eat radishes if they wanted. But who wants to do that, right? The other group, on the other hand, was the more fortunate group. They could look at the cookies, they could smell the cookies, and they were allowed to eat the cookies. So this went on for maybe, I think it was like a half hour or 40 minutes, and at the end of this time, the psychologists had people from both groups try to do some like skill testing questions, some math questions, some word problems, things like that, and he compared how well each group did. And what the psychologists found consistently is that the group that was able to eat all those cookies freely did better than the group that was only able to eat the radishes. And the moral of this lesson from the psychologist is not that, okay, eat as many cookies as you want. Maybe that's for another experiment, or we would like that to be the case. But rather, exercising that willpower for that first group, that they could see the cookies but not eat them, actually tired them, exhausted them, so they could not perform as well. Making change in our life Exercising willpower takes great effort, takes great energy. It's difficult. For this reason, sometimes we need a push to, in order to do this. And this, I think, is what Jesus is doing in the gospel today. He's giving us a bit of tough love, a bit of fearful message. Life is short, live it well, make the necessary changes now. Ultimately, however, as we journey through life and make changes, God doesn't want us living in fear. Fear can be an okay motivation at times, but it will not carry us through ultimately. We see in the first reading that 
throughout our life, God is always going to be there to care for us. So along with this tough love that Jesus offers in the gospel, the first reading provides a lot of care, mercy, and true tender love. In the first reading today, we heard about Moses' encounter with God at the burning bush. Such a beautiful encounter, such a beautiful story. This is a story in the Old Testament where an individual has the longest ongoing communication with God in the entire Old Testament. So it's a very special, a very important um, passage that we find from the book of Exodus. And in this passage, this interaction with Moses and the Lord at the burning bush, we find that the Lord reveals his name to Moses. And this name, I am, is very, very important, very, very significant. And throughout the centuries, throughout the millennia really, people have been commenting or speculating, what is the meaning of this name, I am? What does God mean by this? What does it mean that God is I am? And at different times, people have given different explanations. For example, there was a Jewish scribe in Alexandria living around the time of St. Paul. Uh, his name was Philo. And he said that this I am represented the fact that God was pure being. So Philo was very much influenced by Platonic and other Greek philosophies. So he said that I am means that God is pure existence, pure being. And this is something that St. Thomas Aquinas picked up. And this certainly has a lot of truth to it. But in the story of Exodus, we see that the name I am has another power, another meaning. Moses asked God for his name. Now, in antiquity, if someone knew the name of a God, they had some control over the God. So God, by telling Moses, my name is I am, isn't really giving him an answer. He's not really telling him a true name. Rather, he's explaining how he will be present with him. Moses asks him, okay, who will I tell the people that you are? And, and God responds to Moses, I am. So he's as if to say, you will know who I am by the way I am present with you. You will know who my being is, my identity, by the way I accompany you in your times of need. And this ultimately then is what we see in the book of Exodus. God is there with the people of Israel, liberating them from slavery, accompanying them. So God is I am, and God works this way in our life as well. We saw in the gospel, Jesus gives some tough love, but in the first reading, God reveals himself to Moses as a caring God, a God who is constantly with us, present to us, supporting us throughout our lives, helping us, giving us the grace to make necessary changes. This Lenten season really is a season of grace. It's a season of opportunity. So perhaps as we're here today at Mass, we can think of one change God might be inviting us to make in our lives. And we can remind ourselves of what Jesus says in the Gospel, that we don't have forever to do this. We don't know when our time or our end will come. So it's best to make this change right away. But in the midst of making these changes, we want to remind ourselves always that God will be there with us, caring for us. God ultimately is a God who wants us to live our best lives, but also loves and accepts us as we are. Just I'll kind of end with one expression that's kind of a bit rather trite, kind of maybe overdone, but I like it quite a bit. The expression basically tells us that God loves us as we are, right? God loves us as we are, but God loves us too much just to keep us as we are. God wants us to grow, God wants us to change to ultimately live our best lives.